sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. It's a well-known saying by the early church bishop, theologian, and saint, St. Augustine. Our hearts are restless, O Lord, until they rest in thee, is what he said. But is that really true? Uh, He's not just speaking about Christians. He's speaking about all people, all men, men and women. Our hearts are restless until they rest in God. Again, is that really true? And what difference does it make in our own lives for those of us who are already Catholics, Christians, and who are seeking to grow in the life of missionary discipleship? That's what we're going to be talking about today on Ignition. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to set your faith ablaze so that you might live the adventure that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that, as always, we love listener feedback. So if you got questions about today's episode, or if you have ideas for future episodes, please contact us. The easiest way to do so is by email, and the address is ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. I'm joined, as always, in studio by, oh, nobody. Uh, there's nobody across from me, um, because uh, we're going to do, um, on occasion here, on Ignition, we're going to be doing some episodes. It's not that I fired Robin and Ray. If you're big Robin and or Renee fans, they'll be back next week. One of them will. Renee is going to be back next week. Um, but on occasion, we're going to drop in an episode um, where it's it's just me um, going a little bit deeper um, than a conversation might allow us to do. So, um, Elise, if you can pull up that first image. So, oftentimes, when we think about our faith, um, what comes to my mind is a reality. So I, I'm from, as long-time listeners know, I'm from central Minnesota. And in central Minnesota, in Minnesota, we have all sorts of lakes. Uh, our, our vehicles say the land of 10,000 lakes. Actually, at least there's 15,000. Yeah, but we're humble, so we just, we, we understate it. Uh, so lots of lakes, and lakes have as this image. So for those of you who might be listening, I'll just describe um, the... Uh, over the surface of the water in Minnesota, uh, Elise, do you know what the state bird of Minnesota is? So the so the loon is actually the state bird, but the joke is the mosquito is the state bird because there's so many of them. Uh, there's an image on the screen right now, not of a mosquito, but of an insect. Um, uh, standing in the water. Insects, small insects, because of surface tension, blah, blah, blah. They're able to skim over the surface of the water. And a lot of times when it comes to our faith, um, just I, this is my experience, but I know the, the experience of many Catholics, um, many Christians in general, uh, we just sort of skim over the sur- surface of our faith. But if you can pull up the next image then, what we want to do in these occasional um, Just Chris episodes uh, is is go a little bit deeper again than the conversation format uh, is always able allow is always the surface. So the the idea with today's episode is we're going to go a little bit deeper into what Saint Augustine said: "Our hearts are restless until they rest in Thee," and the larger principle that it means. Um, so the pacing of this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, and my, my desire is that we're going to be able to savor. The truths of our faith. So, Elise, if you can pull up the next image. Um, you know, there are some things like potato chips, um, M&Ms, uh, those sorts of things where you can just, 
you know, carrots, after the healthy option, carrots, you know, um, where you can just pop them in your mouth and just eat them. But there are some things that when you eat them have to be savored. So uh, for those of you who are watching or listening, um, on on the screen right now uh, is an image of a slice of Olive Garden's black tie mousse cake. One of my easily all-time favorite desserts, Olive Garden's black tie mousse cake. I mean, just look at those different layers. This is really, you know, we're coming up to Lent by the time this is actually airing. I should really go get one of these before Lent starts. Um, just those different layers of mousse and cake and the chocolate chips on the outside and the frosting on the top. Oh, it's a mistake to put that image up. Uh, but you, you can't just gobble that. Well, you could, but it would be, I would say, a grave error in judgment. It would be a mistake to gobble down black tie mousse cake or any other just really rich food or drink. These are things that you want to savor. A really good steak, uh, just an excellent dish of any sort. You want to savor that. You don't just, I, I'm a notoriously fast eater, but I know that there are some things that really to get the most out of it, you need to take time. Uh, and that's the approach that I want to take um, with this episode. And pr frankly, probably most of these, again, Just Chris episodes. I don't think that's the official name for them, but if you have a better name, Elise, just shout it out. Well, like solo, episode. solo episode. Like Chris Solo, like Han Solo, Rogue, Dapper. I like it. Yeah. All right. So the solo episodes, a bit more of, uh, again, um, and not like, because some of our episodes, they do take our, their time wandering around. This is going to be a little bit more more uh, slower pace, but also, again, that idea of a deep dive uh, into something. Um, and the, and the, today, at least uh, in this case in particular, what we're going to use, um, what I'm going to do is sort of riff on, um, comment on some of the, the what we read in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. So at least if you can the next image up. So uh, there's a there was a tradition in the medieval era, which is sort of carried over in certain ways into the modern era. But you might recall before the printing press was was invented, um, the way that books in general, including the Holy Bible, the way that they um, uh, copies were made by hand. You would often write them by hand, and and what often was the case, not always, but oftentimes. As monks were were making a new copy, is there they've got the the uh, an existing copy of the Bible um, one on one part of the desk, and they've got the blank pages on the other. So they're writing um, writing out this new copy of sacred scripture. And what they would do is they would write with massive margins. Um, they would make copies, and you think about I mean to make a copy like cop books were really expensive in the medieval era because they were so hard to produce. But uh, and you would think they'd want to maximize, be as efficient as possible in the use of space. But they would, at least with the Bible, and I think other books as well. But certainly with the Bible, they would oftentimes create large margins around them, which would allow them to illuminate uh, a technical term to illuminate the Bible. So if you're watching, you can see there's a little, uh, and you can pull up this episode on YouTube later if you're listening. But there's an image of, a, I'm guessing Jesus, a royal figure, certainly. Um, uh, from this manuscript, uh, so that you'd see those little drawings used at the beginning of a page or beginning of a paragraph, but then there's margins around it which would allow for place for the monk or somebody reading the book later to comment, commentary, to make notes, 
to comment on the text as they were reading it. So much uh, in the medieval period, um, when when in, in class, um, yeah, theology class, the vast majority of the time, the teacher would read from Scripture and then would comment on it in, orally in class. So the written version of that is where you have the text of the Bible in the center of the page and then massive margins around it to allow space for for the copyist or someone else to to comment in the margins on the text. So we're going to do something similar. We're going to take the, the, the text of the catechism, um, authoritative, official, formal teachings of the church, and, and we're going to comment. Uh, I'm going to offer some thoughts and elaborate on them because sea uh, skimming bug, at least, uh, surface skimming bug. Uh, because the, the bug, uh, as, it, as it skims over the surface, the bug has no idea of the depth that's underneath the surface. The bug doesn't realize, well, because it's got such a tiny brain, to be honest. But uh, even if it didn't, I'm just walking on the surface. No, uh, next image, there is incredible depth beneath the surface. There's incredible depth beneath the surface. And and what can happen when you're reading the catechism, because it's such a big book, and sometimes the words get big, not too often, it's pretty readable, but there's a lot there. And so we might be tempted to just sort of gobble it down, so to speak. But we're going to take a time, we're going into the depths, and we're going to savor, the way you do it should, with black tie moose cake, way to anticipate there, Miss Desire, um, we're going to savor this text, and I'll offer some thoughts. Again, starting with this idea, which is quoted in the Catechism from St. Augustine, that our hearts are restless until they rest in God. So in the beginning of the Catechism, not the very first um, first couple pages, but pretty early on, uh, before the Catechism gets into unpacking the creed that, that we as Catholics and many other Christians say at Mass every Sunday, at church every Sunday, um, before we get into the content of what we believe, the Catechism starts by talking about what belief is, the nature of belief. Uh, and, it be, and even before that, it starts off by talking about our capacity for God. I think this is a really important point. Um, so first of all, if you happen to be listening or watching and you're not uh, a believer, you're not a religious person, um, specifically maybe you're not a Christian or you're not a Catholic, the idea here is that we are made by God for God. So by God, for God, out of love. So he's created us, and he's, he desires us to be in relationship with him. He's created us. He's created us by God, and he's created us to be in relationship with him, for God. So the idea is that every one of us um, is, in a, in a sense, incomplete without this relationship with God. Um, our hearts are restless until they rest in the we, we, we won't be completely, fully satisfied until we enter into relationship with God. So for those of you, and we're going to talk more about this, but I just want to start off, if you happen to be listening or watching and you're not a Catholic or Christian or religious person, that's kind of the proposal. If you are a Catholic or Christian, um, to me, the, the good news here in this uh, is that everyone that we are by our words or by our deeds witnessing to um, every, every time we seek to share our faith, again, whether it's by actual words that we say or by whether it's by our, our deeds, we can have, um, we can take solace in the fact that 
that every every person we're encountering um, is made by God to be in relationship with Him. So it's not as if the the our faith, uh, as we're seeking to share it by word or example, it's not as if our faith is something alien, foreign to them. It might be new. It might be unexpected. But in the heart of our, in the depths of our heart, we are made for this. Every one of us. So um, when we're offering, um, again, uh, in whatever way, when we're offering to others the gift that is a relationship with God, um, this is a gift that that will fit. It, 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 its shape corresponds to a shape, if you will, in their heart. Uh, in the depths of their being, in the depths of their soul. And, and this is, for those of us who are seeking to share faith, this is good news, again, because um, it's not something foreign or alien to them, at least in, at a certain level of depth. Rather, uh, in some way, at some point, they will hopefully recognize, oh, this is something I've always been looking for, even though I didn't realize it. Okay. That's sort of the framing, but again, what I want to do is is look at what the church formally actually says. Everything I just said to me is sort of a paraphrase of that, but I want to look at the actual words of of the catechism itself, the official teaching of the Catholic Church, um, and then unpack it with all of that as sort of a background. So this is if you're if you're um, want to pull this up on the catech- the catechism is available for, for free online. Just do a um, internet search for catechism and Catholic Church. And the catechism is referenced not by page number, but by paragraph number. So this is uh, paragraph 27, and it's heading, this is a chapter called Man's Capacity for God, and it starts off by talking about our desire for God, the desire for God. So this is paragraph 27. The desire for God is written in the human heart because man is created by God and for God. And God never ceases to draw men, draw man to himself. Only in God will he find the truth and happiness he never stops searching for. The catechism goes on. There's a quote from another document from the Second Vatican Council, but I just want to go back to the beginning. So some of this I already spoke to. Desire for God. So the desire for God. Um, every one of us has, even though we wouldn't know how to name it, we have a desire for God. So a desire... Elise, what's a desire? Um, Yeah, I want. We all want God. Whether we realize that or not, we want God. Now, some of you uh, might be thinking, I don't want God. I want nothing to do with God. No, no. Uh, I would gently propose that um, the thing that you say you don't want anything to do with is actually not God. Uh, there are all sorts of false ideas of God, distorted ideas. I mean, there's just completely off-base ideas of God. But even there, there are there are ideas of God that might be partially right, but that are still distortions. Uh, and so, oftentimes, in my experience, with the experience of of uh, people throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia of of script biblical religion, um, many times people have false conceptions of God, and they rightly reject them because I don't want anything to do with that. Um, I would just ask you to be open to the possibility that maybe the conception, your idea of God is, if you're thinking, I don't want anything to do with that, maybe maybe your idea of God is actually quite on on target. Um, again, the Catholic proposal, the biblical proposal is that we all 
in the depths of our heart have a, a yearning desire, a, cra- a specific craving, a fundamental craving, a foundational craving, want, desire, that is only ultimately satisfied by God himself. So the desire for God is written in the human art because man is created by God for God. I spoke to that already. But then this point, and God never ceases to draw man to himself. God never ceases to draw every one of us to himself. God is always working in our lives, whether we're already in relationship with him or whether in, we're in no relationship with him. For every man, woman, and child in existence today, the billions and billions of people in the world, God is out. He never ceases to draw us to our to Himself. So, the a uh, uh, consequence of this, or an implication of this, there is nothing. There is nothing we can do that will cause God to say, "Eh, never mind," to write us off. He never ceases to draw us to Himself. He is always drawing us to himself. No matter how far away we are, we might be from him, no matter how um, in contradiction to what he asks of us or what he proposes to us in terms of how to live, no matter how we're living, um, he is always drawing us to himself. Catechism again. Only in God will man, will he, us, only in God will we find the truth and happiness that we never stop searching for. So, what do we want? What, is, what do human beings want? What do men want? We want to be happy. Um, that's, that's an answer. Happiness is the answer to the question that has been given um, throughout the centuries, throughout the millennia, by religions, re, uh, religious people and philosophers alike. Uh, Aristotle the Greek philosopher who lived centuries before Jesus, who, as far as we know, knew nothing of, of the Old Testament. Um, Aristotle answered the question that way. What, what, man, by his na- nature, desires happiness. Desires also th- just all sorts of things, wants to know and so on. But when it comes to the good, he desires the good. We want, we, and we want to be happy. So the Catholic proposal is that, first of all, we are always searching for truth and happiness. We want to know what's real. We want to know about the way things really are. Now, having said that, I mean, it, it's definitely the case that sometimes, actually, no, um, ignorance is bliss, and I want to live in fantasy land because fantasy land is better because reality is hard. And that's true. Real, the, the, it, the reality is, pun intended, that in reality, we, um, at some point in our lives, maybe for some people, in some cases, for much or most of our lives, we encounter pain and suffering. And yet, again, philosophers and prophets alike throughout the centuries have said that even, even acknowledging that it is better to live in reality than into a fantasy of my own making. That living in reality, even with its pain and suffering and toil and hardship, um, even it, with that, it is only in reality that we will find ultimate definitive happiness. And again, the, the Catholic proposal is that it is ultimately only in the ultimate reality, God himself, that we will find that happiness. 
So again, we get next, as I mentioned, this is still part of paragraph 27, a quote from the Second Vatican Council, one of its four most important documents, um, Gaudium et Spes. This is a document on the church in the modern world, the church in our time. It says this, The dignity of man rests above all on the fact that he is called to communion with God. This invitation to converse with God is addressed to man as soon as he comes into being. For if man exists, it is because God has created him through love, and through loves, through love continues to hold him in existence. He cannot live fully according to the truth unless he freely acknowledges that love and entrusts himself to his creator. Now, there's a lot in there uh, that, that, that I want to unpack. Again, um, this is just one paragraph. And to be honest, I don't know that we're going get to get to paragraph 28 um, in this Han Solo episode uh, of, of Ignition um, because I, w- I want to savor these things. Again, I don't want to surf- uh, skim over the surface. I want to go into the depths and savor, to mix my metaphors here, savor what we find. So going back to the beginning of this quote from Vatican II in Paragraph 27 of the Catechism. The dignity of man rests above all in the fact that he is called to communion with God. So as, as Americans, um, part of this, what this says is, is really just in our DNA. It's in very much in the, um, the, the, the cultural air of our country since and even before its founding. That is the idea of the dignity of man. Um, and, and that idea itself is biblical in nature. Uh, many people don't today don't realize this, but the idea that every human being has inalienable dignity and therefore inalienable rights, as our Declaration of Independence says, that idea that every person, no matter their skills, no matter their abilities, that the idea that every person has a fundamental dignity that cannot be taken away from, that's not given to them by the state or by their parents or by anybody or by their king or by anybody else, that they just have it because they're human, that is a biblical idea that, that finds its genesis in the book of Genesis, no pun intended, that, that we are created in the image and likeness of God. And that was made clear in the Christian era that that's true for all people. So this idea that we have today that we've got certain rights, fundamental rights that nobody can take care, take away from us because nobody gave them to us. They're just part of what it means to be human. That idea, and, and because they flow from our human dignity, is biblical in nature. So, again, that rests on this idea that we are created in the image and likeness of God and that we're destined for communion with him. Uh, It goes on, this invitation to converse with God is addressed to man as soon as he comes into being. So from the first moment of our existence, in the womb of our mother, when we're just a a single cell that quickly divides as we grow, from that moment, God is always already calling us to him. From that first instant of my existence, and exists, Vatican II goes on, for if man exists, It is because God has created him through love and through love continues to hold him in existence. So this is something that's a little bit commonplace, but it it bears repeating anew. No, so first of all, just in general, there are no accidents in the sense that uh, God, when an accident happens, we didn't see that coming, right? Um, An accident is where it's something unexpected. Well, for God, there's, 
he's he's omniscient. He knows everything. Um, and he is guiding everything according to his will. So he's never surprised by anything. There are no accidents from God's perspective. He knows that everything that's going to happen. But more specifically, therefore, there are no, among us as human beings, there are also no accidents. Uh, now, everybody, you, you might hear, you might know of people, uh, the saying, you know, well, I was an accident. Came along a little bit later than the rest of my siblings. Oops, I was, mom and dad said it was an accident. Okay, so maybe for mom and dad, uh, somebody was an accident. But for our Heavenly Father, nobody is an accident. Nobody is an accident. Every one of us was created by God on purpose. And every one of us, not just created at that first instant of our existence, of our conception, but every one of us throughout the entirety of our lives, our, our immortal lives, every one of us is being created in every moment, in every instant by God. Again, the, the Aristotle and the Greek philosophical tradition, the ancient Greek philosophical tradition in general, said that the uncaused cause, the unmoved mover that we know to be God himself, but Aristotle didn't know that, but this 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 first mover, the uncaused cause, um, the un, yeah the, the first mover, the unmoved mover. That was the other phrase I was looking for. Not only gives everything its initial impetus to exist, but sustains it in existence. Um, and again, that is God. God doesn't just start me off and then I'm going. Every moment He's holding me in existence. So in this moment, and this moment, and this one. And every moment of your life, God is thinking of you and holding you in existence. Again, none of us is an accident. Every one of us is created and is being created on purpose by God. Again, for he cannot live fully, that is man, the human person, human beings, he cannot live for fully according to truth unless he freely, freely acknowledges that love, God's love, and entrust himself to his creator. So there's the invitation there at the end from the church. If I want to live according to truth, if I want to live in reality, one of the fundamental aspects of reality is that God is, God exists, God is love, and he loves me and desires a relationship with me. If I want to, again, find not just pleasure, not just moments of happiness, but if I want to find enduring happiness, which comes from living in reality, then I need to acknowledge, even though oh, I don't know what I'm getting into, or oh, there's aspects about this that I don't understand, um, I need to acknowledge the reality that is God and the reality that he desires a relationship with me because it is only in the context of that relationship that I will find ultimate fulfillment and final happiness. So every one of us is created by God for God. And folks, that will wrap up this solo episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org with any questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes. And we would like to hear what you think about this format. So thanks and God bless. <laughs>